7.05 on your Wednesday evening, a wet one. You're probably inside, probably close to a phone. And we have phone lines wide open, always waiting your phone calls. You have questions about severance. you got a severance package in front of you. Workplace questions, they can all be answered here. Over the next hour on the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I might get to a couple of emails uh, later on, too. It is simply Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Brother, we always start with the week that was. Yeah, that's right. And good evening, uh, John, to you and everyone else. Uh, happy to be back talking about employment law, workplace rights, and everything in between. Hopefully no one's actually working outside today. Pretty uh, miserable evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let me start off by talking about a couple of uh, situations that I, I've uh, dealt with this week, uh, again, in my practice as an employment lawyer. The first uh, situation I'll tell you about involved uh, a gentleman that uh, about uh, six months ago was uh, laid off temporarily. When he was laid off, his employer told him that we expect you to be laid off for about 35 weeks, so about eight months, and hopefully we'll call you back uh, in 35 weeks. Well, obviously, he couldn't afford to be out of work for that period of time, so he started looking for work. And about five months after the layoff, he actually found another job and started working. Well, his previous employer, the one that laid him off, found out about it, and they sent him a letter saying, we understand now that you've actually found a job somewhere else, so we consider you to have resigned. All the best to you. Have a good life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he called me at that point and asked me, well, what does this mean? Did I resign? What choice did I have? Am I owed anything? And well, hopefully our listeners by now know what I'm about to say, because when he was laid off temporarily, he was actually terminated. His employment was terminated. An employer does not have a right to lay off temporarily. A temporary layoff is a termination, which means he's owed severance. Now, given the fact that he found a job after five months, his entitlements, his severance is capped at five months. He can't get any more because after five months, he replaced his income. Right. But he still gets paid for the five months he was out of work. So even though he found another job and and he's the one that did that, that is not a resignation. He was let go whenever he was laid off uh, several months back. So his employer has to pay him his full severance over that period of time, five months in that example. And that's very important for our listeners to know because many people find themselves laid off temporarily. They think they have no choice but to accept it and wait or maybe just find another job. Employers believe often that they have the ability to lay off temporarily. That is wrong. A layoff, a temporary layoff is a termination, and it requires the employer to pay severance. So if you're in that situation, remember, as I've said to this gentleman, absolutely severance is out. I bet you 99.9% of people listening would just say, eh, whatever, I got another job, don't care. Yeah, exactly. And then walk away from five yes. months pay that right. you're owed. Uh, it's a lot of money. I mean, uh, for this gentleman, it was about $35,000. It's a lot of money. You bet. So uh, hopefully uh, there's a lesson there for our listeners. Second situation, John, I'll tell you about very different, uh, involved uh, a lady that went off on a disability leave because of uh, anxiety, uh, very severe anxiety to the point that she really couldn't work at all. And she was under the care of her doctor, and she provided her employer with a letter from her doctor confirming that she's under care, getting treatment, and that she's going to be evaluated regularly. And when she's cleared to return to work, then the doctor will let the employer know. Well, for some reason, the employer was not happy about this or felt that that wasn't enough and said, well, we want you, uh, employee, to go see another doctor. We want you to get another opinion from a doctor that we're going to pay for uh, to tell us if he agrees that you should be off work or that to provide us more information about when you can come back. Well, this lady was already suffering from a lot of anxiety. That's why she was off work. And, and the idea of having to see another doctor, a doctor paid by the employer, 
was just uh, something that she couldn't accept. So she told her employer, no, I, I don't want to see another doctor. I'm getting treatment by a doctor. That should be good enough. Well, the employer kept insisting, and she kept saying no. Eventually, the employer said, well, unless you're going to agree and change your mind by next week, we'll consider you to having resigned. Mm. Uh, and again, uh, that's when she called me, and I told her in no uncertain terms, of course that is not a resignation. An employer cannot require you to see another doctor unless there's some ambiguity as to your condition. If there's all kinds of ambiguity or different opinions, maybe they can see, get another doctor to, to you know, break the tie. But in this case, there was no ambiguity. She saw her doctor, so uh, the fact that her employer wanted her to see someone else, it doesn't matter. She didn't have that obligation. So if her employer is going to consider her to have resigned, that is a termination. Potentially, that's a human rights violation yeah. as well. So that's illegal, in other words. So hopefully, we can resolve that and I can uh, you know, talk some sense into that employer because otherwise, that employer is uh, really walking into uh, a bit of a mess there. Uh, and the lesson here for our uh, listeners is very simple. If you are off on a medical leave, all you really need to do to, to provide your employer is a note from your doctor, a letter from your doctor saying... You're unable to work for medical conditions. You're going to be evaluated, and that's it. They don't need. Uh, they don't have a right to know why, what the medical condition is, etc. They can't insist on you getting another opinion or seeing another doctor. Your doctor is good enough, and if your employer still gives you a hard time, you have to give me a call at that point. Again, they can ask for a prognosis, not diagnosis. Right? Prognosis, yes. Tell me when she'll get better, not diagnosis. Diagnosis being, tell me what the condition actually is. None of their business. None of their business. It's private. They have no right to know. It doesn't matter if you suffer from a bad back or depression. That's irrelevant. We'll discuss severance pay calculator, and over the weeks we get so many questions about how to obtain better severance. We'll uh, we'll dig, dig deep into that one when we return. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Your phone call is coming up as well. Give us a call on that number. And Lior is here to answer it all on the Employment Hour. Talk Radio, AM 640. 7.15, Wednesday evening here, the Employment Hour. Yeah, you heard the number, 416-870-6400, star 640. On cell is the number to call. Got uh, Stephen Raxdale first out of the gate. Stevie, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, and you? Good, pal. Go ahead. You got a question for Lior? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I, I'm off on a short-term disability, and um, I... Uh, I need to see my doctor uh, with a, a note authorizing a work to return. And on it, it says, without limitation or restriction. Now, do you need any uh, information on my condition? Uh, well, it depends. What is the concern? What is the question, uh, Steve? Well, um, yeah, I've been diagnosed with uh, degenerative uh, disc disease. Okay. And uh, uh, I still have some, some numbness in my leg. Uh, now... In order to get back to work, uh, they want to know, or they want me to uh, be without st- restriction or limitation. Now, if I'm not able to uh, give it a go at work, how am I supposed to know this? So, first of all, they can't say you can only come back to work if you have no restrictions. That's absolutely illegal in the sense that they actually have to accommodate you. If you have restrictions, you can do your job, but maybe not for eight hours a day, only for a few hours or maybe you need to get some help to do your job, they have to accommodate you. It's a very strict duty. So right off the bat saying you can only come back uh, if you have no restrictions, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. This this wasn't uh, a condition that arose at work. It's, um, you know, an aging uh, concern. 
So I thought they would only be obligated no. if I was injured at work. No, absolutely not. It doesn't matter if you got injured, uh, you know, mountain climbing out of the country or at work. Their obligations to accommodate you are exactly the same. Okay, uh, now, yeah. now I drive a cement truck, and uh, during the, the good weather, I, I'm expected to put in whatever overtime is uh, required uh, to get the job done. Right. Uh, I'm concerned about the excessive overtime. So here's what you need to do, ultimately. You need to speak to your doctor uh, and, and have him assess what you can and cannot do. Uh, mm-hmm. Your doctor, presumably, with, with your input, is in the best position to assess that. Once you know what that is, uh, whether it's a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of work, etc., you need to let your employer know. And your employer has to accommodate that. They have to work with you within those limitations, even mm-hmm. if it means giving you special treatment. If they refuse to do that, that's when you need to give me a call. So first step, work with your doctor, make sure you understand or, or, or you, you get something uh, that conveys what your limitations are. And once you have that, you need to provide that to your employer. They have to accommodate. If they don't, that's illegal, potentially a human rights violation, maybe even a constructive dismissal. At that point, you have to call me. Uh, hopefully that won't be the case. Steve, that number, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. Duty to accommodate, right? That's how we That's exactly it, yeah. what it is. And uh, there's a lot of misconceptions, like uh, I think Steve had, that they'd only have to take me back to work if I had no restrictions. That is absolutely wrong. They have a very strict duty to accommodate you, even if you can only work a couple of hours a day. Or maybe, you know, instead of doing a cement mixer driver, you, you have to work at a different job. Mm-hmm. They have to accommodate that as well. 416-870-6400, star six. 40 on your cell. Got a couple minutes before our next break. Uh, as I said, we'll start this. Uh, you might have a severance package in front of you, and in 99.9% of the time, it is shortfall on what you should get, the process for obtaining better severance. We always talk about how important it is to uh, you know understand how much severance should be paid, but many people want to know if once they figured out how much is owing, is it difficult to actually get it? So let's talk about that. Uh, first, when employer uh, employees rather lose their job, severance is probably not the first thing in their mind, Yeah. So no, a lot of times, in fact, most of the times when I get a call from someone, it's not because they want to know if they got adequate severance or how much severance they should be getting. They are very upset about losing their job. How dare? How dare? Exactly. Why me? I didn't do anything wrong. That's unfair. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's wrong. And the reality is, John, that in most cases, the answer is the employer can, in fact, terminate your employment, even if you've done nothing wrong, as long as they pay you severance. That's why, for the most part, when you lost your job, not much we could do about the loss of the job yeah. in terms of getting you the job or getting you justice. What you, we can do is get you the severance that you're owed. And in virtually every case, as you just said, people are not offered adequate severance. And usually it's inadequate to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So let's talk a bit now about how we actually go about to get that severance, how we improve it. We'll take a, a short break and right into that. This is the meat of it, how you get the better severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more. Just getting warmed up the employment hour here on Talk Radio AM 640. 7.24 on the employment hour, and that's the phone number to give us a call. Got uh, lines filling up here, so let's churn them and burn them as we always do. Got uh, Paul here out of the gate. Hi, Paul. How are you? Great. How are you today? Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, I was pertaining to my wife. She uh, lost her job. Uh, the company she worked for closed their specific uh, offices in in, uh, in St. Catharines, where she worked. Right. And uh, they, they're still up and running in other places, but uh, no severance or nothing, and they just you know, kind of let her off or let her go, and that was it. Is she entitled to severance? Well, yeah, absolutely, Paul. It's uh, First of all, was she part of a union? 
No. Okay, good. So it's actually impossible to lose your job and not get severance. That there's no unless you know you you stole you did something bad like that. So she's absolutely owed severance. How how long did she work there for? She was five years. The, the question is like she's gone through the Ministry of Labor. Oh God. Yeah, she's she's entitled. Uh, there the question was whether or not there was a federally owned or federally federally federally. Um, registered company, which I believe they are. Okay. Now, first of all, the worst thing one can do is go to the Ministry of Labor or the Labor Board because you can only get a fraction of your entitlements, and potentially by doing that, you give up all your other entitlements. So so let's talk a bit about her situation. Five years, what kind of job what does she do? Uh, she was like an office administrator. Okay. And, and how old is your wife? 41. So someone in her situation easily gets six months, potentially as much as eight months pay. That's what she's owed, six to eight months pay. And the good news, Paul, is this is extremely easy. I mean, she got zero, so there's really not a lot of wiggle room that the company has here. She needs to mm. call me. I need to see if I can undo this, uh, the labor board that she, uh, or the Ministry of Labor that she uh, filed a complaint with. That's going to be the challenge here, not getting her the severance. It's, it's seeing if we can uh, you know, get her out of that process, because the Ministry of Labor at best could get her a few weeks pay, if that. So she's owed right around six months' pay, and Paul, she really needs to call me. And given the fact that she's con- contacted the Ministry of Labor, she needs to call me right away. Okay, so you could probably reverse that. So she kind of jumped the gun on that, right? I, I She did, and, and the, the sooner she and I speak, the more likely I am to be able to reverse that and, and get her her full severance. Well, people do. They just thought that's the first phone call they make. We've been doing this for three years. Tell people, don't make that phone don't call. Make that don't mistake. make that phone call. Paul, that number, 416 416- 216-5900. By the way, that's Lior's uh, direct number I just gave you there. I got uh, Ken in Peterborough. Hi, Ken. How are you today? Good, sir. Okay, I was terminated from my job. It's yes. coming up on two years in March. They gave me $1,000, said goodbye. Wow. Uh, first of all, how long did you work there for? Six years. Six years? Going on six years. Going on six. And what kind of job? What were you doing? Uh, environmental services. Uh, and Ken, how old are you? I'm 62, 60, 62 right now. Now, why did they let you go? Did they give you a reason? Yeah, but I don't want to say it on air. Okay, but were they alleging that you did something wrong? Yes, they did. Did you do it? Uh, what I can remember, no. This, so, they, they See, they terminated me, say, in March, and this supposedly happened back in November. Right. I says, I don't remember anything back in November. I can't remember that far back. And it's never happened at work either. So, Ken, obviously, I mean, I need to know what they're alleging that you've done. So, not obviously not on the air, I understand what you're saying. But unless you did something horrible, something awful, something, you know, that no employer could ever continue employing you, then, yeah, you're absolutely owed severance. In fact, right around nine months pays what you'd be owed. Uh, so well, easy. That's what I thought. Nine they months, maybe a, even. They gave me $1,000 and said, here you go, goodbye. And what was your salary, Ken? Uh, I was making uh, bi-weekly about uh, 1500 All right. Well, you know, the, the delta, the difference here is very significant. So you and I need to speak, but here's, here's what you're going to do, okay? You're going to call me as soon as this show goes off the air or first thing tomorrow because mm-hmm. March is going to be two years. The limitation period is expiring potentially in a matter of days. Okay, I this, know. So you have to do this. You know, don't sit on this because you call me a day too late. It's done. So I need okay. to speak to you as soon as we get off the air or, or tomorrow morning. Give me a call. John will give you the number right now. Let's get okay. this done. You'll easily get nine months' pay There's no uh, unless you did something horrendous. 
Ken, that number uh, that number is 416-216-5900. 416-216-5900. Call that number. You are getting close to the wire yeah, big man. time, right? Yeah, close, actually. We'll get uh, to uh, Mike here. Hi, Mike. How are you? Excellent. Yourself? Good, sir. Go ahead. You got a question for Lior. Yeah, I was just uh, working for a company here in Guelph, and uh, they have a couple of divisions, and uh, they're taking my job title away. Yes. But they offered me another position, which I said it wasn't for me. I gave them five weeks' notice. You gave them and, five weeks' notice? Okay. Well, I said I would give them a decision to say if I wanted this new position or not. So I said, no, it's not for me. I'm pursuing other employment needs. They are on salary. And they said, well, we'll keep you on salary for two weeks. And then after that, if we got work for you, we got work for you. If not, too bad. So, Mike, why didn't you accept the other position? What was wrong with it? I wouldn't be happy there. But is it because it's... it's Well, tell me why, or is it different compensation, different responsibilities? Help me understand why it wasn't an attractive uh, position. Uh, different responsibilities. So, basically, I'm in landscape construction, yeah. and they wanted me to plant trees and put down mulch all day, which I know I wouldn't be happy doing. So, I said, no, thank you, but I'm going to... I'm going to turn down the position. And, and what, what were you doing before then? What, what was your regular position? Uh, I was hired for landscape construction. Construction, so like, okay. Yeah, retaining walls. Right, okay. Those, well, good. Th- that's helpful because now I understand. Obviously, going from that to, to planting trees and, and, and uh, you know putting down mulch is a big difference. Yeah. So because it's such a difference, by them changing your job and you leaving as a result, that's actually not a resignation in the eyes of the law. That's a constructive dismissal. They've changed okay. the terms of your employment in a significant way. They did that. You didn't decide to do that. So by the, the fact that you left, ultimately still in the eyes of the law, it's a termination and you, you get severance. Now, Mike, how yeah. long did you work there for? Uh, I started in September. September of uh, 2015? Yes. And how old are you, Mike? I'm 32. So in your case, uh, given the short length of your employment, you're probably looking at about two months' pay is what you wrote. That's all right. Uh, not, nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. So give me a call, Mike. Let me, let me chat with you off air and, and help you get that two months' pay. Or, or if it's an appropriate matter, I can have one of my paralegals work with you on that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, this is a constructive dismissal. You're owed severance, uh, and, and you and I should talk. Mike, that number again, 416-216-5900. See, no time is too small. Always make that phone call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more of your calls coming up here on the Employment Hour. It's good stuff. That's what we do. 734 on the Employment Hour. And uh, Lior's number, by the way, anytime. It's the one he has on his pocket all the time. 416-216-5900. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email. Got uh, Jake and Whippy. Thanks for hanging in, Jake. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You got a question? Go ahead. Good. Uh, yeah, my question's uh, in regarding to the difference between vacation pay and vacation time. Okay. So... Uh, I have a company that I've been with 28 years, and I've uh, been able to uh, get up to a five-week vacation allotment per year. Yes. And they have a policy that allows me to bank up to uh, twice that allowable limit per year. Yep. Um, They've had – they're stating now that they had a payroll glitch that allowed the bank vacation time to extend beyond that, in my case, to the tune of 19 weeks. Um, nine weeks over my allowable allotment. Okay. So my question is, um, can they stop 
uh, paying my vacation pay until I utilize those nine additional weeks to get down below the threshold of 10? Right. Good question. And, and the, the answer is yes, they can, uh, because ultimately it kind of you know, evens out in, in the wash, so to speak. They're going to still pay you the amount that they're required. It may be a question of timing of when they pay it. So yes, they, they, they actually can do that. There probably is you know, better ways to deal with that, more fair ways to deal with that. So I'd probably encourage you to talk with them. But would it be illegal if they did that? No, no, it wouldn't. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. There's Oh, sorry, Jake. I, I smoked him before he was done saying Johnny, thanks. That's I know. Rude. I'm such a nice gentleman. Uh, Jeffrey in Maple. How are you, pal? Good. Yourself? Good. Excellent. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, it's from an employer standpoint. Yeah. If an employee comes to me and says that they're going on job interviews, say they saw a very good uh, job that might be a better advancement in their career, does that uh, give me any grounds to uh, let them go? Because they, they want to go for an interview, or do they just told you that they saw another opportunity? They they said they're going for an interview. Well, first of all, if they the act of going for an interview or looking for another job is not cause for termination. In other words, if you let them go because of that, you'd still have to pay them severance. Now, on the other hand, if they take time off work that's not approved, you certainly have no obligation to give them time off work so they can go for an interview. I don't know, if they go after hours, before hours, or maybe during their lunch break, they're not actually committing any you know, workplace offense. But if they say, listen, uh, uh, boss, I, I want to take uh, off a couple of hours in the afternoon to go for an interview, you're well within your rights to say no. And if they still go, yeah, they have a problem, and you may be able to discipline them for that. Uh, so can you let them go just because they're looking for another job? No. Frankly, it's kind of dumb for them to, for that person to tell you that that's what they're doing, but that's not cause in and of itself. Okay. Makes sense. Got him. Thanks, Jeffrey. Aaron, how are you? Hey, not too bad. How are you doing? Good. Go ahead. Hi. So um, I have a, um, a good friend of mine, and this is one of those classic, uh, you know, oh, my friend is not actually me. I'm very happily employed. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but... My, uh, a good friend of mine, he's been working with a company for about four, I think four-ish, so almost five years, I believe. And he's in middle management. He also is in charge of, of purchasing as well for this company. So recently, I guess what's been happening, the company's been downsizing due to the market, I guess, and uh, they decided to lay him off. Um, and, you know, I was talking to him and uh, saying, like, you know, I'm pretty sure you, you get, you know, you should be some severance out of this. He says, yeah, you know, he, I guess he's pretty buddy-buddy with the, uh, his bosses and the owners and whatnot. And from what it sounds like, and he's telling me, he's only looking at getting like two weeks to a month's worth of severance. And to me, it sounded a little bit crazy. And I just don't know if he's got the, the stones to really confront this. So, well, listen, l- let me tell you this. First of all, how old is your friend? He's about, uh, he's about 27. So he probably gets, if he's in middle management, four years, 27, he's a young guy, he probably gets about five months' pay, all right? Okay. So uh, five months' pay, you know, versus two to four weeks, that's a big difference. I mean, I don't know how much he's he's making, but it's obviously thousands, potentially tens of thousands of dollars difference. So when it comes to that amount of money, you know, you'd have to be pretty buddy-buddy with someone to give them a gift of, of, (laughs) of, you know, 20,000 or whatever it is, $1,000. So, I mean, it's obviously I can't force him to do anything. All I can tell you is that he's owed probably four, five, six months' pay in that range. So I would definitely have him, uh, encourage him to call me. Let's at least have a chat about that so I can properly assess his entitlements. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. 
but you know why give someone a gift like that when it's money that's owed to you and For you're sure. now out of work you now have to find another job and still pay your bills yeah i, I don't think uh, i don't think it makes sense it doesn't make sense to me either. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'm going to forward him your number. I just want to see if there's something that was, uh, you know, worth taking a look at with that. Well, yeah, yeah. The difference between four weeks and five or six months, absolutely. So I'd definitely like to speak to him and, and we'll help him. This should be pretty easy to resolve. Aaron, that number again, 416-216-5900. Lots more of the show coming up. We'll take a short break. Want to give us a call in the air. We'll talk to you, answer any questions. You have yet to be stumped in three years. Pretty impressive. Don't try basketball. He knows that pretty well as uh, as well. 416-870-6400, star 640. And so lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up here. 744 on your Wednesday. Got room on the phones. You'll want to give us a call at that number. We'd love to talk about anything under the employment severance banner. That's the questions and answers that Lior takes each and every week here on the Employment Hour. We talked uh, before we got to a, a string of phone calls. There was the process of obtaining better severance. So we talk a lot about getting fair severance, but how exactly is that accomplished? So the process itself is, is actually quite simple. First of all, you know, we need to uh, assess a person's entitlements. I need to speak to someone and find out, first of all, uh, you know, about their job, their position, the length of their employment, et cetera, and assess how much they're actually owed. I will then compare that with what they've been offered and see if there's a difference. In most cases, not only is there a difference, there'd be a huge difference. And, you know, and we already talked to a couple of people on the air t- tonight uh, that chose a good example of that. I'll review an employment agreement and see if that, uh, if, if that changes the assessment. And ultimately what I would do is I, in most cases, I would write the employer a letter. The letter, it's a very respectful letter. It's not going to burn any bridges. It says, I, I act for so-and-so, and I reviewed the offer. Here's why the severance offer is not good enough, and here's what we want so that we can resolve this quickly, professionally, and amicably. And in most cases, we'll simply get an offer back, uh, negotiate, and resolve it. So the process itself is very simple. And you know, my concern always is that a lot of people avoid getting advice, avoid calling an employment lawyer because they assume that the process is complicated or long or expensive or right. it's going to burn any bridges. And that's just not the case, John. It's so simple in most cases to resolve these things uh, that it's you know ridiculous for someone to be afraid and, and walk away from tens of thousands of dollars that they're legally owed. So you mentioned that. You mentioned about uh, you know contacting legal advice. So if I give you, uh, you know, 100 people walk in a room, just lost their job, how many of those will contact a lawyer? Well, yeah, you know, about about nine out of ten. Ninety wow. of them are not going to contact a lawyer. Uh, ten will, and the other ninety are not going to contact a lawyer for several reasons. Number one, they may not realize that they're owed anything, or that they should be contacting a lawyer. Maybe they'll believe their employer. They may be concerned or scared about uh, calling an employment lawyer. Uh, there may be a, you know, they may be afraid that uh, they're going to have to engage in a long legal battle. Well, it's not the case. So oftentimes employers count on that. They count on the fact yeah. that if we let 10 people go and offer all of them inadequate severance, nine out of them are going to accept it. They're that's, hedging their bets, That's right? pretty yeah. good odds, right? Yep. So if we have to pay more to one person, hey, we're still ahead of the game. Yep. So don't be one of those nine people. Please give me a call if you lost your job. At least know what your legal rights are. Lior's direct number, by the way, 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com through email. So uh, likelihood of success once they contact you? So, you know, the law is very simple. When it comes to employment law, for the most part, at least as relates as relates to severance and, and termination entitlements, the law is straightforward. And, you know, you, you're going to ask five employment lawyers, we're all going to give you a similar assessment. Because it's a simple process, in most cases, it's actually simple to resolve this case. Uh, so when you lost your job, it's not a complicated case. The, the success rate is extremely high because if you're owed more, you're going to get more. We're not trying to invent something, create something, or get you money that you're not owed. 
If the law says that you should be getting 12 months pay and you were offered three months pay, guess what? Then you're going to get that extra nine because that's what you're owed. So yes, it, the success is great. And John, very important. A lot of people may, despite what I just said, may still think, you know what? I, I still am not comfortable. You know, lawyers, we don't like lawyers. I don't want to call a lawyer. Fine. Don't call me. No, not a problem. You should still know what you're owed. That's why I created the severance calculator. SeverancePayCalculator.com. You don't want to call me? No problem. Don't call me, but at least go to SeverancePayCalculator.com and find out for yourself if, if what you've been offered is adequate. Find out how much you're owed. It's simple. It's anonymous. It's free. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And do a, fr- do a favor to whoever you know, your friends, your family, your neighbors. If they lost their job as well, tell them to go to SeverancePayCalculator.com. And that number, although it seems unreal and inflated, it's bang on accurate. Yeah, yeah. And then all the time I get emails from people saying, Leora, you know, your severance calculator says I'm owed 14 months pay. Is, is that right? It seems awfully high. Well, it's awfully high because you didn't realize how mm. much you're owed. You thought you were owed something else. It's not high. It's accurate. It's right. So that's why I encourage everyone to use it. And I'll tell you, you brought this up, so I'm going to ask you straight out here in the air. Is it an expensive process? No, it's not an expensive process. Uh, when To resolve disputes over termination of employment, it's not. In most cases, uh, the matter resolves very quickly at minimal expense. There's a number of methods one could pay, including deferring fees or contingency arrangements. And beyond that, and here's really what a lot of people don't understand, in virtually every re- resolution, in every settlement, the employer is going to end up paying for, if not all, then some of those legal fees. So most of my clients, when it's all said and done, have actually not ended up paying legal fees because we negotiate an additional amount for legal fees as part of a settlement. So really, legal fees should never, ever stand in the way uh, of this process. In addition to that, you know, to find out how much you're owed and find out what you can do, that's always free. So no, no excuse not to call. The overall process, so how long uh, does it take generally? You, so the process, depending on the situation, the complexity, can take anywhere from a couple of weeks to maybe you know three months, four months. Most cases really are going to be in the two-week range. Some cases where a formal legal action is required could take three, four months. So it's not a long process. And if we're talking, you know, and I would never, by the way, John, engage someone in that process or even recommend it if there was, you know, a couple thousand dollars at stake. Yeah. I'd say, you know what, take it or leave it. In most cases, when we initiate this process, it's because there's tens of thousands of dollars or even hundreds of thousands right. of dollars at stake. So it's worthwhile to do. Uh, so it's a, it's a quick process, John, a couple of weeks, many cases. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call. We'll take a quick break. And you want to send us an email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. Want to shoot us an email as well? We'll get to a couple of those in a minute here. It's Lior at employmenthour.com. Uh, first, so we always go to the phone. It's got uh, Dave in Toronto. Good evening, Dave. Hi, Dave. Uh, my question for Leor would be the difference between, if you could tell me the difference between federally regulated uh, paying out severance versus uh, provincial. So, Dave, with respect to a person's minimum entitlements, there's a difference between federal and provincial. That said, that's kind of not relevant simply because a person's full severance entitlements are going to be exactly the same whether they're federal or provincially regulated. They're based on a person's age, position, and length of employment. So your minimum amount may be different. Uh, It's less for federal employees. It's two weeks plus two days per year of service. But 
forget about that. The amount of full severance, if you work for five years, as an example, for a provincial employer and five years for a federal employer, all things being equal, you're going to get exactly the same amount of severance. So there shouldn't be any difference there. Now, not, not, not so much uh, for, not in the government sanction, but in federally regulated business. Right? Same yeah. Thing? Well, even if you work for the government, it's the same thing unless you're a unionized employee. If you're a unionized employee, different rules apply. You're going to get a fraction. But for right. non-union employees, if you work for the government, uh, if you work for federal companies, if you work in the private sector, ultimately your severance is going to be the same based on your age, position, and length of employment. Okay. Yeah, because it just, uh, I have a buddy of mine that just went through this situation 17 years with a company, and it basically, uh, I think it was two days a year or something. Yeah, no, that, that's his minimum entitlements. After 17 years, he probably would have been owed something north of 18 months' pay, maybe as much as 24 months' pay. So hopefully he hasn't signed off on anything because his full entitlements, federally regulated or not, are, are, are going to be the same. So uh, he should use the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, and, and give me a call for sure. Dave, that number that Lior just spoke of is 416-216-5900. Got Adam writes in an email, says, I was given an ultimatum to either resign or be fired because of the owner of the company caught me talking on Skype at the office. I have until Monday to decide. What do I do? Yeah, well, first of all, it, it's not that simple. You, you can't just be given an ultimatum like this unless you're, you're guilty of some very significant misconduct. Now, I'm not going to say that Talking on Skype during work hours is a good thing. It's not. You know, if you're at work, you're being paid to work, you should work. That said, if you've been on Skype and you've been caught that one time, yeah, that may be something an employer can give you a warning. Maybe, maybe suspend you. Even that, I think, is Mm -hmm. probably extreme. They certainly can't fire you for cause for that. So really, if your employer does let you go, that's a without cause termination. You're owed severance. So the choice is really you can resign. Well, why would you? Or, or you tell him, no, I'm not going to resign. And then if he still wants to let you go, he has to pay you your full severance. So, Adam, that's not cause. Uh, one incident is almost never cause unless it's theft or violence. Talking on Skype one time is not cause. So I would not resign under any circumstances. If they still want you gone, they'd have to pay your full severance. And you can always find out what that is at severancepaycalculator.com. As we wrap, give me some more details on that one. So, John, you know, very important uh, for people to use the severance calculator. And and I've I've talked about it at severancepaycalculator.com. But also, some people may have some additional questions. You know, our show is wrapping up in about 30 seconds. Uh, If you have other questions for me, not only can you email me or call me, I've created another tool. We, we haven't talked about it uh, in a little while. It's called uh, terminationquestions.com. Mm-hmm. Again, terminationquestions.com. You can post your question there completely anonymously and free. And myself or one of the other lawyers in my office are going to answer, usually within a few minutes. So it's just a nice way to communicate, ask questions, get information completely free. Uh, so I encourage everyone to go to terminationquestions.com. You can always read some of the other questions and answers there. There's, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of questions that have been answered. And, of course, we'll be back here on the weekend. You bet. And the information is out there, man. It's just at your grasp, terminationquestions.com, severancepaycalculator.com, and finally, Lior's number, 416-216-5900. This has been the Employment Hour once again on Talk Radio, AM640.